This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for the racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. So if racing's your game, this is the programme for you. Good evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. The usual gang will all be here. That's uh, Rod Millman, Tom Ward, Nick Schofield, Jamie Snowden, Colin Brown and Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. So hopefully from that lot we should be able to find a few winners. But as usual we'll start with Mike Padden and all the news from the racing media. Hello and welcome to all the news from the racing media including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. And here's our first story of the day. Flat jockey Adam McNamara could miss the rest of the season after requiring surgery on a shoulder injury suffered in a dramatic mid-race incident at Beverley last month. McNamara was leading the field on Mr Colville about a furlong and a half out and dislocated his left shoulder as he went to use his whip. Despite only having the use of one arm, the jockey managed to bring his mount home in second, just under five lengths behind Unks. Following an MRI scan and consultation with leading shoulder specialist Jeff Graham in Cardiff, McNamara has opted to have surgery on a shoulder he has dislocated before. He said, I'm booked in for an operation next week for a big repair job. Unfortunately, the recovery time is four months. It's a full month recovery period and then I'll be at Oxy House every day for rehab, physio and to keep fit. That's the doctor's guide, but I'd hope to be back quicker. He added, I did my left shoulder three years ago and was off for two months because of nerve damage. The specialist was very concerned about the way it came out again and said it was likely to happen again. In an ideal world, it'll be fixed for good. McNamara rode as an apprentice for Richard Farhian, a period in which he won the 2016 Ebor on the Tony Martin-trained Heartbreak City before moving south to join Roger Cholton. After spending two years at Beckham House, the 24-year-old linked up with Archie Watson, for whom he has ridden Sable Stars, Dragon Symbol and Memento this season. McNamara, who rode 53 winners in 2016, but has recorded just five this year, said, Numerically, I wasn't having loads of rides or winners, but I had my first ride in a classic on Memento in the French 2000 Guineas and came close to a first Group 2 victory on Dragon Symbol in the Sandy Lane. He said, Things got tough when I rode my claim out, but I have been riding mainly for Archie and he's given me chances. It's frustrating as I felt I was going the right way and then this happened. And here's our next story from the racing media. The Horse Racing Regulatory Board, the IHRB, has rejected the suggestion it did not act when contacted by anonymous whistleblowers following claims in the Sunday Independent it failed to take action after being provided with information relating to doping. In the latest article in a series of anti-doping pieces by journalist Paul Kimmage, there are also claims an English trainer found three of six horses he acquired in Ireland showed evidence of a, quote, number of currently unidentified possible ketosteroids after the trainer commissioned a £10,000 survey from a distinguished toxicologist. 
Jim Bolger was said to have been contacted by the unnamed trainer in the aftermath of his comments last October surrounding his belief that there is not a level playing field in Irish racing. No specific trainer or horses were named in the claims of the anonymous female who contacted Kimmage, but she stated it was, quote, quite a big high-profile trainer more than a decade ago. The anabolic steroids nitrotain and stanozolol, which were central to the previous IHRB convictions against the vet John Hughes, his brother Pat, the well-known former trainer, and current trainer Philip Fenton, were among the illegal substances alleged to have been kept in a cupboard by the trainer who employed the anonymous whistleblower. The individual alleged there was subsequently, quote, not even a yard inspection from the IHRB. Representatives from Irish Racing's regulator are already due to appear before the Eirishtas Agricultural Committee on Thursday at 9.30am as a result of claims made in the Sunday Independent with Bulger declining his invitation following legal advice. The Racing Post asked the IHRB about the veracity of the allegations in Sunday's article. It did not address those queries directly, with no specific individuals referenced in the article. But a spokesperson for the IHRB said, As outlined in the Equine Anti-Doping Report published on Friday, We work in collaboration with other racing jurisdictions and statutory agencies, including the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, in sharing intelligence and investigating information received on anti-doping matters. They continued, Also, as we have previously stated, all information provided to the IHRB is assessed and acted upon. All regulatory samples are analysed, any adverse analytical findings are dealt with by the Referrals Committee and the decisions published in accordance with the rules of racing. The spokesperson added, as already stated in the Equine Anti-Doping Report published on Friday, there are 10 cases to be dealt with from this year. The IHRB have no outstanding adverse analytical findings involving substances prohibited at all times. The report also noted pre-race drug testing is set to be rolled out imminently, along with exploring the possibility of on-arrival testing. And on with our next story from the racing media. Coral Eclipse runner-up Adaib could be set for a return to Ascot, as William Haggis outlined his ambitions to aim the seven-year-old at the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Kibco stakes this month. The race would represent a step-up in trip for Adebe, who finished three and a half lengths behind St Mark's Basilica at Sandown on Saturday. Haggis said on Sunday, He's great this morning. I was really pleased with him, because I don't think he was totally at his best, but he really stuck on well and was up for it. He added, We've still got to discuss it with the owner, but my gut feeling is now is the time to have a go at a mile and a half race, and his record at Ascot is very good. The King George is very much in my mind, provided the word soft is in the going description. The son of Pivotal, who runs in the colours of Sheikh Ahmed Al Maktoum, has won three times at Ascot, including when landing the Group 1 champion stakes in October. It would be Adeb's first attempt to the King George, but his trainer is optimistic about the challenge, especially after jockey Tom Markhand gave his plan the seal of approval on Saturday. Haggis added, I've no idea about him going a mile and a half, but he stays a mile and a quarter well, and we've always thought about stepping him up in trip, so I think this is the opportunity. He continued, when I asked Tom what he thought after the race on Saturday, he was up for it too. 
and provided Sheikh Ahmed is in agreement, I think that's where we might go. Adaib, who is available 20 to 1 generally for the King George, could take on Derby hero Adaya, Coronation Cup winner Pile Driver, and the Aidan O'Brien trained love at Ascot on the 24th of July. And our final report for today. Yukon Glen could make an appearance in the Kipco Champion Stakes at Ascot after his impressive performance at Sandown on Friday. The popular eight-year-old was three and a quarter length winner of the listed Gala Stakes, a race that featured the return of the well-regarded John Leeper, who went off the five-to-four favourite but had to settle for third behind the 11-to-four winner. The victory follows the Gelding's convincing win at odds of 20 to 1 in the Brigadier Gerard Stakes, a Group 3 event in which he came home four and a quarter lengths ahead of his nearest rival. Goldie said he's just an amazing horse. The people that follow him think he's wonderful because he always comes in at a big price, as people assume there's some young gun that will come and beat him, but it hasn't really happened yet. Goldie had previously considered the horse to be most effective on soft ground, but his sandown performance came on good going, and the trainer is open-minded now as to his next step. The champion states in October is under consideration, but the likelihood of soft autumn going inspired that idea, and Yukon Glen's triumph on better conditions may now open more doors. Goldie added, he's nearly as good as you get on soft or heavy ground, and that's Ascot when we're liable to get it, he said. But he's not too bad with the soft in the title, and he's not too bad even if there's good in the title. He's not doing too much wrong either way. We may go there to Ascot, but if it's wet somewhere, we might turn up somewhere else. We'll just make a judgment. He's in good order, and he obviously had a good back end of last year, so hopefully he can keep his form to the end of the season. This has been our racing report from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post, and The Sporting Life. Thanks for listening. Well, that was uh, Mike Padden with all the news from the racing media, and now it's time to catch up with the fixtures for the weekend. So, this weekend, we start off with seven races on the flat, with a one o'clock start at Navan in Ireland. And also seven races on the jumps uh, with a 120 start at Limerick. There are seven races on the flat at headquarters at Newmarket on the July course, a 130 start. Seven races on the flat at York, a 145 start. Seven races on the flat at Ascot, a 150 start. Seven races on the flat at Chester, a 215 start. Seven races on the flat at Hamilton in the evening with a 5.50 start. And then we switch to Sunday, where there are seven races on the flat at Fairy House with a 1 o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Salisbury with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the jumps at Sligo in Ireland, 1.55 start. Seven races on the jumps at Stratford, 2.03 start. And finally, seven races on the jumps with a 2.15 start at Perth in Scotland. Now then, one of our weekly guests, Nick Schofield, is in line for a bit of a gong. 
Um, he has been nominated in the At The Races Ride of the Month competition for his uh, ride on Just Once at Southall on June the 21st. Now, obviously, we want to do our best to help Nick to uh, win the prize. So um, what we're trying to do is to get all of you listeners to get onto the At The Races website, which is www.attheraces.com. And you will see a little section on there which says Ride of the Month. So you go on to there and there's a little entry form which you can fill in and um, send it off on email and hopefully it'll arrive at headquarters in time to register for Nick's vote. But you'll have to be quick because the closing date is today at 11pm. So everybody onto your computers and let's get uh, Nick up to the top of the tree if we can. And now just to help you make up your mind that much more easily here is nick to describe how he finished the race well nick thanks for joining us uh in with a shout of a gong which has got to be good news um talk to us about just once and how it went at southall yeah it's, it's first and foremost it's nice to be nominated it's quite within you know when you're a jockey and your ride gets appreciated it's obviously a lot of good rides every month so um it's nice to get in the top five as it were so um yeah, it was. Uh, it, I was quite surprised when I got nominated because um, you know I thought it, the race. Yes, the race went smoothly, but um, I sort of um, got there on the line. Um, I suppose if the winning line was a hundred yards shorter. I might not look. It might not look so good. So um, yeah, some, you know, it was worked out well, and I'm yeah, just very delighted to be nominated. Well, it certainly looked as though it was a, it was a, 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 a brilliant bit of timing in that you got there, you know, just in time, just cruised in past him and, boom, job done sort of thing. Yeah, the, the mayor was sort of a, never never won a race after quite a few races, so um, sort of the timing was key, but the horse in front, it was a three-mile race, just was tiring, and I thought she had a very, she has a very good turn of, like, sort of one run, and I sort of just had to use that one run and hope it got us to the line and it did so um it was nice for the mayor she, she it was her first ever career win flat jump so um it was nice for her and her trainer never had a jump winner so um yeah that you know there's a lot of people to thank you know you know i, I just did and managed to get the, the timing right but um they, they they did you know it was nice for them as well not just me and who was the trainer uh, she's a German trainer. She's based in Newmarket called uh, Ilka Lebeck, and she, you know, um, she, this is her first ever jump horse. She's had lots of flat winners abroad, and um, and um, but this was her first sort of toe into the water with with jumping. And um, the horse had run Clever Please before her, but without winning. So um, it was nice for her that she's got that under her belt that she's had a jump winner, and hopefully it leads to a few more. Absolutely. Well, let's hope it leads to you getting the, the prize. What What is the prize? Is it a, a, a monetary thing or just a uh, I trophy? Get, or? Yeah, I think I think we get five hundred pounds to give to charity. So um, oh, that's okay uh, then. Charity, but, um, so like, it would be nice. But it's, you know, it's just nice to be nominated in these sort of things. And um, um, there's good good competition. So um, you got a few flat rides on there. Um, uh, so um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out. So any. I've run out of family to text um, to vote for me, so um, I hope someone else will vote for me. <laughs> 
Well, let's hope everybody's listening to this and they get straight onto their computers and onto the attheracing.com website, find the June month uh, rider of the month and um, vote for you, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, I've run out of family and friends to text, so um, yeah, um, if that's good enough, then happy days, but if not, then... Um, I appreciate anyone that did post, so um, yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Well, we'll give it our we'll give it our best shot here on on three valleys. I've voted already, so that's one you got definitely. And um, <laughs> hopefully, it, you know, the trouble is it's just a little bit tight because the closing da- uh, date or time is eleven o'clock tonight. So, listeners, that those of you who feel inclined to vote for Nick, um, don't hang about. Get on your computers uh, at the at the dot com, and you'll find it on there. So, Nick, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, how's things looking for this week or next week? Have you got many rides lined up? Yeah, we're, yeah. This week we had four or five days off because there was no jump racing. So, um, but yeah, busy. Uh, start off subtle Sunday down to Newnham, but Monday back up. For, no, sorry, Sunday start off at. Uh, Stratford back down to New Stabbit back up for Suzzle and then you talk to her. so um, yeah she'll be racing both days this week with a few chances so um, hopefully a few more can get in the back of the net we um, mm. we're on nine, win- nine winners which is um, quite good for the summer months yeah um, 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 so yeah no happy with how it's going at the moment hopefully it can, can continue good well Drive carefully. You can obviously put a few miles on the clock, I should think, during uh, up and down from Newton Abbott back yeah. up to Southern and what have you. But, uh, yeah, drive carefully. And we'll speak to you next week, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you all. And we'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Well, that was Nick Schofield hoping to get enough votes to win the June Ride of the Month Award from at the races.com. So make sure you get onto your computers and vote for him as quick as you can because the closing date is 11 o'clock tonight. Right, now it's time to go and catch up with Rod Milburn down at Colompton. Well, good morning, Rod. I gather you're up at headquarters at Newmarket today. What's going on? Well, I'm up at Newmarket Sales. Um, it's the July sale uh-huh. where there's 650 horses being sold. Yeah. And um, some of the big yards are having a... Sale, um, Shadwell, one of the uh, big Arab yeah. uh, contingent. They've got a hundred horses they're selling. Have they? All right. And I'm selling two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's where there's a lot, of, a lot of horse trading going on. Yeah, quite. And are there um, any notable um, names that are being sold? Um, well, no real famous names, no. but some very well-bred brood mares. I mean. You know they're, they're making over a hundred thousand pounds. Some of the broodmares. God, yeah, are they? Yeah, where, yeah. where people, people are trading. Um, they try and get into new families. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I've I've bought a horse yesterday that was sold for two hundred and seventy thousand pounds eighteen months ago. Yeah. Um, I've bought it for eighteen thousand. Cool, that's a bit different, very, isn't it? Very well-bred filly. Yeah. Um, but she hasn't quite lived up to her expectations on the racetrack. Up, up till now, mm-hmm. um, I saw a little bit of little bit of um, promise dinner, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll find a new owner for her, and go again. Well, I hope so, and I'm sure once the the Rod Millman magic becomes apparent on the horse, he'll he'll suddenly or she'll suddenly realise it's about time she started winning races. Well, she's she's coming from a from a hundred horse yard to my yard, so yeah. she'll get a bit more personal attention with us, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
I see you've got a couple of runners at, uh, where are we? Epsom. Well, no, one at Epsom, one at Newbury. Well, one, one at Epsom, one at Newbury. We've got Handy Talk, and yeah. he's got um, Laura Pierce on him, one of the, one of the yep, uh, top offences. Yeah, yeah. Any chance? And he's, um, well, he's got a good chance. He was second last week, mm. the last time he ran. Yeah. Um, thank you. He, um, he he always runs a good race. He's a multiple winner. Um, it's quite a good, valuable race today. So yeah. I'm hoping he run well anyway. Yeah. And then Air Show um, at Newbury. Air Show, yeah, he's he was he's been second his last race. Um, should run a good race. Don't see any reason why not. Hmm. So what you'll presumably call in on on one or the other on your way home again, will you? No, I'm here tomorrow. Oh, I right. may call in at Chepstow. I've got three at Chepstow tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a very busy time of the year for everyone at the moment. So evening race and daytime. Yeah, quite. And um, although it is better for the jockeys now, they can only ride at one meeting a day now. Yeah. Um, before they felt compelled to do the two meetings, and the jockeys were, were there. There, the, the hours they were working was ridiculous. They were mm. probably on the gallops at five o'clock in the morning, driving to the first meeting, riding three or four there, then dr- driving breakneck speed. Yeah. Another meeting, probably two hours away. Yeah, getting back, getting back at twelve o'clock, and getting up early in the morning again. Um, and if um, you know, it, 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 the work balance wasn't very good for jockeys, but they felt they had to do it. Mm. Uh, when they brought a new rule in uh, last year about just riding at one meeting a day, some of the jockeys complained, but now they're doing it. I think nearly all of them are in agreement. It was a good idea. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, like you say, when you've got that sort of a routine to fulfil, and you know, a two-hour drive, you know, midday or, or whatever, when you've done already done a day's work. I mean, goodness me, it's a, it's a big, it's a big ask, isn't it? Really, it is very much so. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's um, and also it's helped. It's, it's shared the winners around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. Um, a lot. A lot of. Lot of the uh, second division jockeys are now making a living now instead of just struggling all the time so yeah, it's just shared, shared, shared the money out a bit you know which I think is a good thing yeah absolutely uh, tell me Rod um, there was an incident at uh, Sandown last week where something went wrong with the photo finish um, I'm sure you yes. you were aware of it have you ha- ever yes, had uh, anything like that happen to you with one of your winners um, he, yes I've had I've had the um Photo finish breakdown sometimes. Yeah, uh, it does. Ha- it does happen sometimes, unfortunately, with, with any, any technology. It does it's not always foolproof. No. And then they call they call the dead heat sometimes when it probably other times you could have probably um, split them. You know. Yeah, yeah. And the other but thing it, I was it's... I was going to ask you was um, the incident the the week before where Ashim Murphy lost the race. Um, I can't remember. That. It was a big race that was on TV. Did you, yes, did you see that's that? right. Yeah. Um, how do you view that from the point of view you know do you think that the owners should be penalized because the jockeys make some mistake or or do you think it's oh yes i think so i think so basically what what's what's been allowed to happen in england the um the jockeys have been able to to basically ride 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 to win the race yeah um and they they've allowed see the trouble is when you're riding when you're when you're when you're riding a horse in the finish often it, they'll go fat if if they if they start going off a straight line mm. if you correct them it, you really you're slowing them up right okay? yeah yeah so you're slowing them up a little bit the only way you can correct the horse hanging is to just pull him the other way and of course you're then slowing him up slightly yeah, yeah. once he started hanging the idea is to keep is to keep him keep them straight when you ride them but once they start drifting sometimes 
it's it's a temptation to to let them drift and keep momentum going. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you're you're cutting up the other jockeys sometimes. Mm. And what's happened over the last four or five years, the stewards have let the first pass the post keep the race and suspend the jockey. Yeah. And to be honest, it's gonna it's dangerous, really. It's a bit dangerous. Yeah. And in in that case, I mean, I'm Oshin Murphy's biggest fan. Yeah. He, he's I don't think him, but he 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 was he was doing a professional foul as such. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, he won the race, but he got it took away from him in the stewards' room. And I think in that case, I I think it was the correct decision. Right, right, yeah. Um, but I I think I think you'll find that jockeys will take that on board, and they won't try and get get themselves in that position again. Mm. You know? Mm. But, people, but have, people have been getting away with it for a while, and that's what happened, you know. But presumably, though, so what you're saying is that if a, if an owner uh, employs a jockey to ride his horse, he is accepting the responsibility of of what the the jockey does on the horse. Yes, I mean, I if I was in charge of racing, it's like the whip rule. Mm. There's we have whip, whip rules where you're not allowed to hit hit horse so many times. Yeah, yeah. Now at the moment, if it's a very tight finish and the jockey exceeds the amount of times he hit his horse, he he gets punished, but yeah. the horse keeps the race. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's very unfair on the on the runner-up yeah. sections, because often, if their jockey hadn't have hit it so many times, the other horse would have won the race. Yeah, yeah. So, you've, won, so you've broken the rules, but you've kept the race. Now, I personally think that if... If a jockey exceeds the amount of times to hit the horse, the horse should be disqualified from prize money. The prestige of winning the race for breeding should be written off the pedigree, but the betting should stand mm. because the betting. If if you start to dis, disqualify the betting, then you get the general public up in arms. Yeah, well, it's interesting you should so say I, about the betting I because I was on Sheen Murphy's horse. And it, right. and it and it won you know, first fast the post anyway, so you know and, and I noticed on my phone yeah good the account's gone up by whatever it was, and then obviously I heard that he'd lost the race and and the money didn't disappear so I thought well that's strange because I, I thought that well, you know the, the bookies would have uh, would have taken it back but they didn't obviously but the thing was would you have been paid out if you'd backed the second. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, mm. you better read the small print in your in your yeah. contract with your bookmaker. I think. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. <laughs> because, because I could imagine if if it was the other way around, you'd be you'd be you'd be kicking up if you'd actually yeah. been awarded the race and not being paid <laughs> out. So, yeah, um, I suppose, yeah. But I no, I, I don't suppose. know. I just just automatically thought, well, the bookies will take the money back, but they didn't. So yeah. fine, that's that's all right with me. But I suppose. I suppose what it might mean is that um, the bookies are um, the bookies are they're, they're trying very hard to get your business nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, oh yeah, without doubt, without you know? doubt. Yeah, the number of texts I get from um, William Hill was unbelievable. Yeah, so, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And and of course, you see the prize money, the levy we get for the from 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 betting turnover is on profit, not turnover. Right. So. It's it's very easy for the bookies to be very very good at giving back money. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we only get paid by the profit, not the turnover. Yeah, quite absolutely. Um, however, I mean, I imagine it was a very boozy boozy lunch when the bookmakers <laughs> uh, persuaded 
our our racing leaders to take ten percent of profits. Yeah, I should imagine it because was. you could you can make you can make it as as anyone who's self-employed knows. When, you can make as much profit as you want mm. or loss yeah <laughs> yeah no that's right well look rod have a good so, um, uh, have a good day up at newmarket and uh, i hope you yeah, buy, okay. buy or sell and any, successfully and, and any listeners any listeners fancy fancy an investment in a horse yeah give me get, get in touch get in touch right. and if you can't find his address on the website give us a ring and we'll give it to you so no problem uh, that's lovely. lovely thank you very much okay. okay lovely job rod thanks for that and i'll speak to you next week thank you thank you bye bye well that was rod Melman uh, on his travels up at Newmarket buying some horses and uh, if you do fancy getting involved in horse racing and uh, you want an ideal trainer, Rod's your man and he's got plenty of horses down there so give him a call if you fancy the idea and I'm sure you'll be well pleased with the result Okay, well it's time to pop up to Lambourne now and uh, catch up with Jamie Snowden. Hi Jamie how's things going? Hi, yeah, really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad at all, really. Um, nice bit of sunshine today, so that's nice. So, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to better sit out in the sun for a bit more. Uh, yeah, we've uh, we've we've had um, we've had a fair amount of rain there, haven't we? Yeah, we have definitely. Are you finding that it's uh, affecting your plans somewhat with with running horses, with the going and what have you? Well, we don't have that many. We've only got about 15 to run through the summer. So um, obviously there's less chop racing in the summer than there is in the winter. So we've got a, we've got a team of about 15 for the summer. And um, I suppose um, some of them, you know, well, they do want better ground. So it has affected them to a greater or lesser extent. But um, thankfully, we've been on the on the lucky end of it recently. Well, I was going to say, I mentioned just that, you know, that small matter of another winner. So it seems like the... Uh the Snowden Empire is ever increasing. So, um, tell me about the latest winner. Yeah, so um, I suppose probably since the last time we spoke, we've had both Thistle Dunite and Piscar Pike. Um, we, I think we've only had probably five or six runners since we last spoke, but thankfully two of them have won. Yeah, both both over fences and both at Worcester. Well, that's okay. And uh, and did they win well? Well, yeah, eight and a half lengths is well. Yeah, Thistle won by by eight and a half. Um, that race sort of cut up slightly. It was a five-runner affair, and, and it soon became a three-runner affair with two non-runners. But um, you still got to go and do it. And it was nice to see him do it because he's um, he's a lovely young horse who, who had the world as his feet in his novice hurdle days, but picked up an injury and had two years off the track. Um, and it's always hard to, to come back from from those types of absences. And thankfully, he's come back, and it was nice to see him put his head in front. And what about Piscar Pike? How did he do? Yeah, so um, he was a very good horse last season. He won a couple of novice hurdles and was just touched off in a listed race at Market Raisin. Um, he always promised to be a better chaser, and thankfully, um, after a wind up through through the winter, he's come back and on seasonal debut over fences, he won nicely. So that's boding well for the future. I mean, when do you sort of start in earnest? Have you got all the horses in there ready for for training and getting ready for the for the you know for the winter? Yeah, they're coming back in, Adi. Um, yeah, bit bit by bit, sort of till till three, sort of every day, really. Um, so yeah, I would say probably give us a, another few weeks. By by the end of July, we'll be back back to full capacity. Yeah, and have you got any uh, any specific horses aimed at specific big races? Lots of lots of good horses aimed at lots of good races. Hopefully, um, no. I think I think we do have a we do have a nice team. We bought bought a good few over the summer as well, and yeah. um, kept kept the decent ones from from last year. Moved on some of the some of the ones that perhaps weren't performing, and 
hopefully we've got a really really nice team to get go go ahead with in the, in the core season. And and any sort of Cheltenham prospects, or is it too early to say? Ah, oh, listen, it's it's probably still a little bit early to say, but you've got the likes of um, of anything for love. She'll be back in. She was a Grade Two winner last year. Um, you've got horses like Up for Parole that won two of his three starts last season, and and uh, obviously you know some of the the, the 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 previous better horses like Hogan's Height and Chapman's Hype and um, those those types of horses that are back in. Good. Well, it's sort of looking. You know, this is all sort of coming together slowly, but in the right way that you want it to be. Exactly. That's uh, that's always the hope, anyway. Well, great to talk to you, Jamie, and it's good to hear such good news. So, uh, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks when we speak again, there'll be better news. Long long may it continue. Lovely job. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Eddie. And we're going to stay in Lambo now, and we're going to pop round and see Tom Ward. OK, Tom, well, thanks very much for joining us. Um, it seems looking at... Well, first of all, we ought to talk about um, uh, your winner last week, and I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head, but you're going to tell me, I know. Yeah. Yeah. A good that was, win? That was really good. No, absolutely delighted, yeah. No, big day, big winner, nice horse. Uh, um, lots to look forward to. He's definitely one for the future, anyway. Yeah. Um, was it a group race or not, uh, the one that he won? No, just just a, um, a top, top handicap, but he... Um, he did it well. He looks like he's going to keep progressing. So, hope there's a lot of good days left in him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But looking at uh, looking at the racing post, you seem to have got the whole stable out the next few days. Um, uh, talk us through yeah, some of them. Yeah, Zwei Feng would have a nice chance. Um, he's in very good form. And yeah. He um, the race, the track will suit, the trip will suit. There's plenty of pace. So, I, although he's a big price, I would be confident he'd run well. Um, and he's in good form at home. So I'm hoping it all works out for him. What about the Waterman tonight? Any chance? Waterman have a nice chance. Yeah, he, we won two starts back. He was a bit disappointing last time, but I think now we've got the bottom. Hopefully we've got a good chance to get him back on track. Yeah. He seems yeah. to be improving, and he's an improving three-year-old once, once sort of six furlongs. So yeah. Fingers crossed we can run well. And then moving on to Saturday, you've got Capote's Dream, Raging Rascal, Roman Mist. What about those? Yeah, Raging, Raging, yeah, Raging Rascal needs to sort of pull his finger out a bit. He didn't run so well last time, but he's been gelled since, so hopefully that's going to be the, the, the ideal scenario for him. And uh, Capote's Dream ran really well at Windsor last week, so I'm hoping she can, um, he can run a big race on a nice day. And Roman Mist, I see you, you pulled him out because the game was a bit uh, wet at Bath, yeah? A bit wet, yes. Yeah. So we've got four, possibly have three or four at Salisbury on Sunday, and including him, uh, her, who will the ground will be better there a day, and she's in good form and she's very, very consistent. Um, she loves loves her racing, but she just wants good ground or better. Yeah. Um, we've got a nice two-year-old called Waterford having his first start, who hopefully will show something. He's done very, very well at home, but we need to get him on the track, and I'm hoping he'll be a nice horse for the future. Oh, that's okay. Um, then we've got another another horse called Clownsman, first time out, who. Who trialed very well the other day, and hopefully again he can show something. He's been in good form, and it'll be good to get him started. And then Vintage Rascal, who has been, like I say, he's been a bit disappointing since he won first time, but he's got the ability. So one day he'll, one day it'll all sort of come together. Mm. <clears throat> well, certainly those two, that'll be the the day to get on them at the first time out because the price will be a bit more sensible if they win. Yeah, exactly. I think Waterford, Waterford's going to run a nice race if he runs Sunday. I think. Yeah. Okay, Tom. Well, thanks very much for that. Appreciate that. And um, there's one other thing I wanted to quickly ask you. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Back along, uh, Oshin Murphy lost a race. Um, I can't remember where it was now, but I'm sure you know what I mean. 
Um, I'd ask it, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you go along with the theory that um, the owner should be penalised when the jockey makes a mistake, if you like? Well, obviously the jockey sort of it's, it's a lot. It's partly the jockey, partly the horse. So the horse, the horse is partly to blame, and I, I do think then it shouldn't be a problem for the owner. They've got to understand that horses aren't simple, they're not straightforward, mm. um, and sometimes they have they have minds of their own. So. Fundamentally, if they, they swerve off, off track and go a little bit wayward, then it's going to be more to do with the, maybe the horse than, than, than it looks like the job. So, no, I agree. It's, it's, it'd be difficult to penalise the owner for a jockey's mistake, but a lot of the time it is more a bit of the horse and a bit of the jockey. So it's just trying to balance it out. Um, but we need, we need rules in racing where it works for everyone rather than... Um, it'd be difficult to sort of try and start changing the rules to try and deal with every aspect because otherwise it'd be too complicated. I think we need to try and make it quite simple and, and effective and it works. So do, do you feel that the rules are fair as they stand at the moment? I think they are, yeah. I mean, we're, we're quite lenient over here compared to other countries. So I think we are we are fair, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, interesting point, that's all, because... Uh, you know the book. I mean, what what surprised me is I was on Machine Murphy's horse, and they the bookies paid out, which was great. Uh, but then they didn't take it back, and I was quite surprised at that. So you know, um, that, a lot of bookies, a lot of bookies are quite quite nice like that. Too, but they do they do pay out on horses like that. So it's good. Yeah, good for racing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, have a good evening this evening. Um, I'm just going to go and stick a fiver on the waterman just in case. Yeah, we'll see what see what happens. <laughs> if not, the boys will be coming yeah. to see you. All right. <laughs> I know exactly. No, hundred percent. Okay, Tom. Well, we'll all speak right. to you next week. Then. Thanks very much for today. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Well, that was Tom Ward. He was at Newby Races with all his friends, as I'm sure you could hear. Right now, it's time to catch up with our ace tipster. Of course, it's the cheeky chappy Colin Brown. Now, hi, Aidy. How are you this morning? I'm absolutely in the pink. I'm going to see a steam trade in a minute. So, um, yeah, I'm fine, mate. Oh, fantastic. Lovely. We had a steam train near us um, not so long ago, but it was a horrible, living, you know, bit of a foggy, rainy, drizzly night. So rather sort of uh, uh, a bit of a shame, really, but um, lovely, lovely mm. to watch, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Lovely job. Oh, lovely. You probably remember when it was sort of probably made mm. and, and, and put on rails, don't you? Yeah, I used to go train spotting regularly. I bet you did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. In- how interesting. We used to sit on the end of Queen's Road, Battersea, to see uh, that particular line, and then we went to another place where we saw the Great Western, which was great. So, yeah. 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 Been around That's a bit. Fantastic. Yeah, you've been around a bit. We know that. Mm. So, what about the racing for Saturday? Yeah, what about it? Good racing. Good racing. Newmarket, York, Chester, Asker. I think we'll cover those meetings. Right. So, what we'll race start... are we starting at, York, uh, at Newmarket, then? I'm going to start at Newmarket. And uh, at Newmarket in the 205, I'm going to give you an each way horse ridden by... Uh, the Italian supporter, Frankie Dettori. Yeah. And um, and uh, Star of Emirati, it's called. This horse was only beaten six lengths in our guineas. It ran badly at, New, at um, Royal Ascot. 
but that was in really heavy ground. So I might just forgive it there, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, it wants a quicker surface. And, you know, on the betting at the minute, and, you know, uh, listeners, don't quote me because this is the betting at the minute. Uh, this horse is 25 to 1. It's too big a price for one of John Goldston's or Frankie on it in mm. a handicap. You know, if Goldston thought I had no chance, he'd probably would have just stuck up one of his other jockeys on it. But yeah, yeah. I reckon it's got an each way chance 25 to 1. Right. And, um, yeah, I really, you know, I can, I can see anyhow, I can see it running into a place. So that would be, be good enough, really. Yeah, absolutely. But good racing up at uh, Newmarket. We've got a lovely two-year-old race, the Duchess of Cambridge States. It's a Group 2 Phillies race. Sandrine, she's around about 15 to 8, looking to follow up her Royal Ascot win, which she did, I must say, in a very, very good... Uh... And the 240 80 at Newmarket is another pretty good race. Actually, it's a handicap. Um, and a really competitive race as well, but not that many runners. And I think the um, Charlie Appleby horse, Royal Fleet, to win this day. It was a good winner last time at Yarmouth, but it's very well bred. Um, it's a horse that uh, looks to me like it should just follow up. Is that a good man called Zibelina, of course, by Dubawi? So that's Royal Fleet. He won't be such a big price as the Goldstone horse, but he's around about. 15 to 8. Um, then we got the superlative stakes, and this is a great race at Newmarket for two year olds. It's at 3.15. Um, it's a real good race, this. Um, it's a race where, you know, there's plenty of sort of bits of form here, you know, horses that have won their last race, and there's a couple of horses that have um, been placed at the Royal Meeting. Um, and one horse that was really, really impressive, uh, I must say, Newmarket last time out, called Native Trail. And this one is trained by, um, this one's trained by, by Charlie Appleby. And I could see it beating uh, Andrew Borning's Sandrine today. And it's quite a nice price. So I'm going to go for Native Trail at, um, at Newmarket in that uh, 315 race. Okay. Uh, right, the Bunbury Cup is a heritage handicap, a right old race to boot. And uh, Marcus Tregoning's a good mate of mine. He runs a nice horse here called Perotto. I put this horse up at Royal Ascot, if you remember. Yeah. In fact, when I do my bet, bet with Ascot, I'm Ascot's ambassador for their betting bet with Ascot. And uh, when asked on the day, what's your nap of the day by Rupert Bell, I said, Perotto, that's the one to be on. And it won at 18 to 1. So what a nap for all the punters at Ascot that day. And also for your listeners, because that's what I put up. And I'm going to go Perotto for the Bunbury Cup at 3.50. Okay. Um, ooh, and then we got the Dali Ju July Cup. What a race this is. It really is. And... Um, it's a fantastic race, obviously. Roger Teal, he trains quite near to me. He trains this horse, Oxted. And um, it's uh, it's uh, bred by a guy called, um, I think he's called Simon or Stuart Piper, along with Tony Hirschfield and one or two. And um, he turned up outside my house yesterday, the, Mr. Piper, because he's a friend of an ex-head lad of Peter Warwins and Jamie Osborne's Ron, who lives around the corner from me. 
And Ron came over, gave me a shout because um, uh, Mr. Piper used to love Desert Orchid. So he came to the front gate, and as Ron said, Guess what this guy owns? Very good sprinter. I said, I know he does. I'm trying to think what it is. And then I went, Oxted. And he owns Oxted. When he said Oxted's in great form, they don't really want any rain for him. So, you know, keep an eye on the weather because we don't want rain for Oxted. And he is also drawn right over the far side so that's also a little bit of a, a minus if you like but the horse is in fantastic form and uh, he takes on starman who's drawn low um i think they've both got real good chances so number nine oxted to beat the 10 starman okay easy as that right let's go to york shall we Yes, indeed. It's a bit of a John Smith day at York. I bet you'd love that out there, wouldn't you? Swilling the pints down like there's no tomorrow. No, I'm not much of a beer drinker. I've told you that. Uh, you have told me. I just thought I'd bring it up mm. just to double check. What do you, you drink then? Just vodka and stuff like that? Vodka and Coke, usually, yeah. Do you really? It's not mm. very healthy, is it? No, but there you go. There you go. You only hear once. There you go. Okay. Well, yeah, that's true. That is true. And um, right, let's get to York for the 220. There's a horse that you could fancy uh, called Hookum from the Owen Burroughs yard. Um, he was a real good horse. I think he won at Royal Ascot last year. But it's a quite a competitive little race. And the horse I quite fancy is here each way is a horse called Lagani, trained by Roger Charlton and ridden by um, Martin Dwyer. It was a winner at Royal Ascot, uh, Ascot rather, not at Royal Ascot. Uh, Holly Doyle rode it because she rides for the owner, Imad Al-Sagar. But um, I can see this one run the big race, Lugani, at a big price in the 220 at York. Um, next race, what wins it? As again, it's a really competitive race. It's the John Smith Stayers uh, race. Two miles and a half of furlong. Um, it's a very competitive race. But just looking at it, if you want a little bet each way, just to you know, just to sort of um, keep an interest in in the racing here today, I wouldn't put anybody off of backing a horse called Kangaroo Point. He's won quite a few on the all weather, and uh, no reason why he shouldn't run well on the turf here. So he's got some pretty good form. So he could be just one that could just creep in the first three at a bit of a price. Right. <laughs> 3.30 there is a nursery handicap. We just started nurseries, didn't we? So nurseries are for two-year-olds, but they're handicapped, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if you've had a two-year-old that's been running like two lengths behind something that's been winning okay, but not absolutely running away with the race, all of a sudden getting into a little handicap, you might be getting, you know, three or four pounds or maybe a stone half or whatever from the horse in the nursery but um i don't really fancy anything in today's nursery i think it looks too too hard but we got the john smith cup there and um joe chuart good mate of mine could win this with a horse called surrey pride um it was a winner last time out and that was with james Dorr up at york um on good ground he's got pretty good form he won off at 90 he went up six pounds called surrey pride and he runs there in the 4.05 at York. So that would be a great result for Joe Chuck. 
You know, he, he's had group winners, he's had listed winners, he's won the Ebor, he's a blooming good little trainer, but you know, it's very hard just to break out of that, um, you know, that uh, sort of uh, type of uh, horse that he's got now to break into the real group stuff. So he deserves it. He's a good trainer. If anybody's looking to have a horse and train, I wouldn't put anybody off having a horse with him. Right, that's my lot up there at um, at um, York, I'm afraid. Down to Ascot, then Chester. And if Mary's listening, um, I'll probably grab a word with her tomorrow, um, Saturday. I'm on my way to Chester tomorrow. I've got a long day tomorrow. I've got 30 people to look after in the Leverhulm suite at Chester. And then I've got a devil of a drive across country, AD, to join up with Star Sports. I'm a guest of theirs tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Star Sports are sponsoring the Greyhound Derby at Toaster. So it's not the easiest run from Chester right up on the Wirral uh, across to uh, toaster, which is just uh, between the M40 and the M1, but I probably will have missed dinner unless they can put one by for me. But um, I'll get there probably uh, while the racing is uh, taking place. So we shall see, anyhow. What well, it is anyhow, to be popular. Race. Oh, yeah, it is. So if Mary's listening, well, you know, no. that may good to oh, thinking. Mary, if you're whatever. listening too, um, if you listen to the beginning of the programme, I've gone on about. Uh, uh, Nick Schofield, he's he's been uh, put up for a gong, uh, but you've got to vote for him uh, at, at the races uh, before eleven o'clock tonight. So please have a look at that and see if you can vote for him. Okay? Yeah, we'll get we'll we'll get um, Jean to do that. Mary's the daughter; she's very uh, mm. IT minded, if you like, uh, more than probably me, uh, and probably you actually, as you're eleven minutes late bringing me today. But um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Mary, we'll get on with the racing. Here we go. Ascot. Really good race at Ascot, the first race. It's a non-mistakes race. It's a two-year-old race. Um, cool. You say to yourself, what wins? I don't know, really. Maybe the horse of John Gosden's. Um, he runs a horse in. Is that a little bit of form? Been placed a couple of times. Uh, called Implore. Um, I always think, you know, if they've had a run or two, then that's a big um, plus. But this one's been beaten a few lengths, actually, and it's two runs, although it's out of a winning mare. It's got an each rate chance in Plaw at Ascot in the 150. Um, but it looks um, it looks a competitive bit of racing here. Uh, second race is a mile and sixth race. And when I was at Sandown last week, I was talking to... Um, what's he called? Henry Ponsonby, who's got a lot of horses with Alan King. He's had some good winners in the past. Run, runs a lot of syndicates, he does. And uh, he's got a horse called Just In Time that I think will run a big race in our 225 at Ascot. Number uh, three, Just In Time. This horse ran a really good race, went second at Salisbury to Neuay Saint-Georges. I've had a glass of Nuit Saint George for a long time. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Do you like a glass of red wine or no? No, I'm not really. I'm not really much of a wine drinker. If I do, I tend to drink. Uh, my wife gives me all sorts of stick because I like Blue Nun, so I tend to drink that a lot. Oh yeah, we used to drink Blue Nun back in the fifties. Mm. I remember. Well, I'm yeah, just... very nice lot. 
getting on a bit now, you know, so I tend to tend to sort of go back in time for these sort of things. Yeah, no, Blue London's lovely. It needs to be really, really cold so that it doesn't stick to the roof of your mouth, but it's mm. very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, right, moving on, three o'clock, the uh, Bet Fred Summer Mile, Group 2, really good race here at Africa. And, you know, I can see some busker running a massive race here. He's a big improver. He won at Royal Ascot for his trainer, very likable man, and that is William Knight. And then he was third to Palace Beer in Eaton Tulets in the um, Queen Anne. So I'm going to go Subusca in the three o'clock at Ascot for the, um, for the Group 2 uh, Summer Mile. Ah, right. As I have a little peep at the next race, do you remember last week we put old Dan Zeno up, didn't we, to win? Mm-hmm. We and did. And I tell you what, once horses start to win, often they follow up. It's hard to follow up in sprints, but he's often run big races here at Ask. In fact, he's a course and distance winner, this 10-year-old. And <clears throat> I could see him run the big race in our 3.35, so I'm going to put Dan Zeno up in the 335 at Ascot as um, an each way bet because he's around about 10 to 1 so I ain't going to put anybody off him around about 10 to 1 okay. uh, Dan Zeno in the sprint and uh, he, you know they all need a bit of luck in that race they need to be where the blooming pace is but I wouldn't put anybody off it at all right the next race here at Ascot's the 445 and um, today for a bet with Ascot on Friday, should I say? Yeah, I've put um, I put two of Huey Morrison's up because they're running blooming well. I had a long chat with him last week at Sandown, and uh, he had another winner there. So his horses are flying, and um, there's a horse running today uh, uh, to here running called Surrey Gold, and it won by seven wickets last time out, and that was at um, Newbury. David Egan rode it. He won too far really because they stuck the blooming thing up by. Uh, 12 pounds but i think it could win again it just gets in this handicap called surrey gold king's coat rides it for, for Huey morrison keep your eye on Huey's horses because they're in blooming good form and when when you've got a trainer that's in fantastic form that's the day you've got to follow them yeah, yeah right one definitely. more yeah absolutely. one more meeting listeners and that is at um chester that's where i'm going Chester's such a hard place to pick the winners. You need to be sort of back in one of Marwan Kukash's, Franny Norton, not, uh, what's his name, um, Tom Dascom. I expect uh, Michael Owen to be there with a few of his cronies. Not cronies, all the footballers, they get there. All the girls get there and all the footballers get there. And I've got a group of people that I've got to try and control, especially the girls taking down the parade ring, showing the horses and try and hang on to them so they don't rush over to Michael Owen and say, can I have your autograph, please? <laughs> so that's my that's my job tomorrow. we only got four runners in the first race. Hayley Turner runs one, rides one here for Dascom Stable. Dascom's got two of the four runners in the race, but, um, oh gosh, I don't know what wins it. Uh, quite possibly uh, Franny Norton on a horse called uh, Turner. And... Um, that's uh, that's second the uh, Windsor the other day and second twice at Windsor. So I'm going to go for the horse Turner in our first race on the card. Again, not that many runs, only five in the second race. So I've got so many to choose from, but I need to try and get it right, which is not always easy. Um, 
I might just go for Shepherd's Way here. Nice winner by a head from Norband at York last time out. Um, it's never run on the Rooney, but I can see it running well. Shepherd's Eye in the 250 at Chester. Right, E.O. Now, on to a listed race we've got here. Back on track, play is called. Um, it's a pretty good listed race, and it's a uh, race run over seven furlongs. Uh, Hannon's Horse Hull, uh, is the top weight here on Oh, This Is Us. I see the top weight is a listed race, so he's the top rated, and also gets a penalty for winning a couple of races this year. Um, but it's a pretty competitive race. Uh, I'm looking out for a course and distance winner in the race and uh, it's oh this is us is the only course and distance winner he's drawn one he was beaten a little way last time out and that was up at um, Newcastle but they ran him that day over six which is in the chip chase and it was uh, too short for him he'll be more at home over the seven and oh this is us in the 325 I can see running a big race um, right, I think you'll find that Mo Batha wins the four o'clock at Chester. It's won its last two races at Donny. Uh, Dane O'Neill's ridden it. It's out of a mare called Seagull. So maybe a few Seagulls will pop over to see it. It's not too far from the coast, is it, Chester? Um, and it's got a good pedigree. It costs 360 grand as a yearly. You can buy a nice property for that. Well, probably wouldn't buy your property down in Yeovil, you probably need two times 360 grand for yours, but um, you know, it's pretty well bred. It's one its last two, it's half just to the Irish Guineas winning night time, and I think you'll find that's what wins our four o'clock there at Chester. Uh, the next race looks impossible, too many runners is a handicap over a mile and two. You need a bit of luck to be able to get a you know, good run around this track. It's such a tight track, it really is. Um, and um, I'm looking for someone to finish off with but um, I've had a good old search through the later races down there at, or up there should I say at Chester I can't really see anything that jumps out and says Colin this will win the last to be honest I really cannot but um, you might be um, do better then uh, back horse number three, Cuban Dancer. I was just trying to get up on my computer. He's uh, only uh, run eight times and he won a race at Beverly last time out. Before that was not beaten very far here at Chester. Um, and uh, he was drawn very wide over seven furlongs here. And, uh, you know, he's only beaten three lengths. So I reckon... He's got a real good chance, slowly in stride, soon in rear, nudged along, kept on at the final furlong. So Cuban dancer listeners for the final race at Chester. And that's probably about your lot for the weekend. So okay. have a good one. Yeah. Thank you very much, Colin. Let's hope there's some winners Thank amongst you, them. Well, we hope so. You yeah. never know, Dion. I would have thought so. I'm sure it will be. Lovely job. Thank you, Colin. We'll speak to you next week. 
Well, that was Colin Brown, of course, up at Lambourne with his tips for the weekend. And coming up now to finish the show off is Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Okay, time to catch up with Dave Wilson at uh, Harlequin Racing. Nice, bright, sunny morning, Dave. You got lots of bright, sunny tips for us? I hope so, mate. We had a bit of a mare last week. Everything seemed to be one place away from where we wanted it. Yeah. It happens, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and then we got to a nap of a day and he, he turned out to be a runner. So, uh, oh. yeah, it wasn't a very helpful weekend, but no. there you go. Uh, quite a lot of Class 1 racing on tomorrow, and that's what we're going to have a look at. So, we're going to start with the uh, one at Chester to start the day off with. Yeah. And that's the 325 race there. It's a Class 1 listed over seven furlongs. And the horse that uh, won us a few quid last year, Safe Voyage, is going to be our tip. Uh, Jason Hart takes a ride for John Quinn. As I say, he won three times last season. Um, we backed him a couple of times, and two of them wins was in uh, Group 2 events. So, obviously, dropping down to a listed race, he's like dropping down two grades in stature for him. So, uh, he ended last season, very strangely, he had a race in Ireland, then he had a race in France, and then he had a race out in Keeneland in the Breeders' Cup. So, it's a bit, it's a bit possible that his first two runs this year haven't been that great because uh, he's not, not really done too good in his first two runs, and uh, it could well be down to all that travelling he'd done at the back end of last year. But he was nowhere near his best, as we say, at Newbury first time out this season in the lock-in, and he ran far better race up at Haydock in the John of Gaunt. And uh, it looks like he's been given a nice little break of 42 days to get him put right back for this race and uh, as I say his price up with William Hill is around about 5-2 to two, and I rate him in a, quite a good bet in that race there looking at the form of it and how John Quinn gets him back from where they've been and as I say like, all that travelling he done couldn't have done him very any good mm. but there you go so first race first one for the weekend Chester 325 safe voyage Okay. Over at York, they've got two Class 1 races on there. The first of which is the 220 race. And it's over a mile, six furlongs. And the horse that we like in there is Fujiera Prince. Andrea Atzini is going to be riding it for Roger Varian. Now, for people that like their stats, this horse has... Uh, he's only had a few races. He's had ten races to date and he's a seven-year-old. And uh, he's won five of them and he's never been out the first three. But the other thing that we like about him is every time he's had a break in between seasons, he comes out and wins. And he's done that three or four times now. Uh, four times he's done that, sorry. And uh, obviously it shows that he likes being fresh. He doesn't like a lot of racing and uh, he's hitting the track fresh there tomorrow. But like he, his last two runs, he, he ran in the, in the Irish St. Ledger and he got beat two lengths in that race by search for a song and then he run in the Kitco long distance race at Ascot or in Champions Day and he come third in that so his form coming into this race is absolutely rock solid and uh, all of the predictors and all of the signs and all the stats add up to him uh, running a very good race and he's priced up at 5-1 to one with that 365 at the moment and a horse that's had 10 races and he's never been out the first three is well worth having a, a nice each way bet there if he doesn't when you get your money back anyway so uh, Fujiara Prince in the 228 York OK moving, moving on down card at York to the 440 class 1 listed event over 5 furlongs the horse we like in here is Winter Power David Allen takes a ride for Tim Easterby 
He won three in a row prior to going into the Kingspan, uh, the sprint race at Royal Ascot. And he hit the front quite a way out in that race. And uh, he tried to take Batash on from about two and a half furlongs from home. And the pair just killed each other in the race, to be honest. And uh, I think he's well worth taking another another chance. And he was seven to one third favourite to win the King's Stand. And he's dropping down from the top level five furlong sprints into a listed event. But he is taking on a horse called Dakota Gold. Now, Dakota Gold's got some very very good form from last year but as I say like looking at the stats and things for Dakota Gold he's only ever won once on his seasonal debut and uh, he's lost the other five runs that he's had on his seasonal reappearance so we're going to be sliding up with Winter Power and they're 15 to 8 with Labrooks so and he's going to be our day's bank of bet there so Radio. it's a new market We'll have a look at the 315 at Newmarket next, and it's a Class 1 Group 2 event for two-year-olds. Now, there's very little form to go on in this race. Most of them have only had one or two runs, but one that caught my eye at Ascot last time is a horse called Darbab. It's going to be ridden by Frankie Dettori and trained by John Gosden, and when they team up, it's normally for a very, very good horse. Now, he, he won on his debut at Leicester, and... The horse that finished second to him that day was a horse called Sweeping. And Sweeping come out and run fourth in one of the big races at Chesham at Royal Ascot behind Point Lonsdale, which was a very good horse of Aidan O'Brien's. Now, Darbab, he run in the Coventry Stakes, and he he was up there on the pace, and he ended up finishing sixth. He got beaten two and a quarter lengths by Berkshire Shadow of Andrew Baldwin's. But the thing to note was, just before they got to the final furlong, the horse on his right went left, and the horse on his left went right. And he was meeting the sandwich, and Rab Havlin, who was riding him that day, had to snatch the reins up, and literally the horse come to a standstill, and he had to get him going again. So to be only beaten two and a quarter length shows that he would have been very, very close to winning that race if he hadn't won it from where he was in that position. So I think he's going to show a lot better form up at Newmarket tomorrow, and... Uh, He's going to be an after the date bet there. So, uh, is, is there the Darbab, or however you pronounce it, in the 315 at the market? Okay. Moving down the cards of uh, the big race of the day, July Cup before 25, Class 1 Group 1 event over six furlongs. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff on social media at the moment from Hayley Turner of this race okay. because. Uh, she, she rode a horse called Dream Ahead in 2011 and he won this race the July Cup and it was the first time a female jockey had ever won a Group 1 event so it's a it's a race that's quite prominent on social media outlets at the moment with Hayley Turner doing lots of interviews now in this race we're going to have two bets which is unusual for us but there's a horse that we think is massively wrongly priced and that's Miss Amulet going to be ridden by Billy Lee and trained by Kevin Condon uh, from Ireland, it's priced up at a massive 50 to 1 at the moment. Now, it's a three year old filly and she gets a weight allowance and a sex allowance in this race, so she's receiving £9 from the majority of the runners in a six furlong race, which is quite a lot of weight. Now, the form is very strong for this filly as well, Miss Amulet. She ran alcohol free to half a length last year. Now, 
alcohol freeze come out and won the Coronation Cup at Royal Ascot. So it shows that Miss Amulet's form is very, very strong. Now, being priced up at 50 to 1 with William Hill, was they're paying five places on the race and it's a fifth of the odds. So if she finishes in the first five, you're getting 10 to 1 for your money, which I think is a value betting now. Mm, but there you go. Now, the other horse that we like in this race is Dragon Symbol. He's going to be ridden by Oshie Murphy and trained by Archie Watson. Now, this is a horse that got disqualified at Royal Ascot that beat Champanelli as Frankie Dettori was riding for Wesley Ward. Now, Dragon Symbol was always going to be winning that race, and he, he, he won it but got thrown out in the stewards' room, and I think Dragon Symbol's well worth having a little bet on tomorrow as well from the form that he showed at Royal Ascot and the way that he's improved over the season. And he's priced up at the moment at 5-1, to one, so like, you can get 5-1 to one your money about Dragon Symbol winning the race or finishing in the first five, which is very easy for him to do in there with the form that he's got, so you get your money back if he does get beat. But as I say, Miss Amulet at 50 to 1, getting 10 to 1 your money for it, she finishes in the first five, I think is a tremendous each way value bet there. Okay. That's the July Cup. And we've got one other Class 1 race on the day, which is very unusual, six of them all on a Saturday. Uh, the Ascot 3 o'clock, it's Class 1, Group 2, Summer Mile, and the horse that we like in there is Sabuska going to be ridden by Callum Shepherd and trained by Bill Knights. Now, this is an Ascot horse through and through. He won the Hunk Cup at Royal Ascot last year with O'Shea Murphy on board, and then he finished fourth in uh, Kipco Queen Elizabeth on Champions Day, and he was beaten four lengths by the Reverend. And the thing to note was he was only half a length behind Palace Pier in that race. And then, again, he's had a seasonal debut run, and he's had a run at Longchamp since, and then he came out and run in the Queen Anne at Royal Ascot this year, and he finished third in the race at Palace Pier 1, and he was only beaten two and a half lengths by Palace Pier. Now, I'm not being funny, you put Palace Pier in this race, you'd expect him to win it by a lot further than two and a half lengths. So, obviously, it shows the form that Sabuska's got, and uh, at the moment, he's priced up at 92 with Labrooks, which is a very, very big price for the form that he's got on show there, so... That's what we've got for you for the weekend, mate. So, uh, seven selections in six races, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to give the bookies a bit of a bashing. Okay, thank you very much indeed, Dave. So, that's just about it for another week here on The Racing Show on Three Valleys Radio. Don't forget to vote for Nick Schofield. Just go to attheraces.com, June Rider of the Month, and uh, put your vote down for Nick. I'm sure he'll be very grateful. So we should be back same time next week, same station, 7 o'clock, here on Three Valleys Radio. Don't forget to join us.